0: good times there from chic you're listening to the girls around town here on radio newark and we have our second guest joining myself and rachel in the studio now Uh, rupert finnicum is with us we are going to be talking in the second hour of the show all about allotments Rupert is an expert. He knows all about it. Been doing it for years, I think. Um, so he will be telling us, um, well, he'll be giving us some background. He'll be telling us how he got into it himself. He'll be talking about the kind of support that you can get if you want to join him in this kind of thing. Um, but before we get to that, we're going to just find out a little bit. Before we go up to the news um, in four or five minutes, very briefly, we're going to find out a little bit about uh, Rupert. Now, I know Rupert from days gone by. Um, but Rupert, just for those people that don't know, tell us a little bit about your background.
1: Okay, um, I was, well, I'm a Newark person. Um, my mother was born in Newark. I actually moved to Newark when I was about five or six, so uh, I went to school in Newark. Uh, I started work in Nottingham in 1963 in the library in Nottingham. Uh, went to college when I was there, came back as a professional librarian, worked for the city council until 72, moved over to the county then. So, uh, f- within the county, I-, I moved up gradually. had jobs in within the city of Nottingham, and it was part of the county at that time, for libraries. Um, and I became Newark District Librarian in 1982. And we actually moved back to Newark with my family, and uh, so all my kids went to school in Newark and grew up here, and then all moved away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and... Um the family has grown, hasn't it? Now, when we were setting up this interview some time ago, yeah. uh, we hoped to do it late last year. That's right. But you yeah. had a bit of a a milestone. We didn't, did, you?
1: Fifth grandchild was born, who's now three months old, and uh, uh, so uh, things had to. We were down in London uh, to, to help out. To, <laughs> Two older boys that we had to sort of take off to school. And and, uh,
0: and I, I can't claim that this was done in my honour, but the latest little grandchild is called June, she isn't is, she? And, uh, <laughs>
1: actually, my mother-in-law was, was called June as well, so uh, it, 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 it's a family name. So it's it's,
0: it's it. for mother-in-law yeah. and not for, not for me. No. <laughs> right. So, Rupert, I think I,
1: I think we crossed paths in Newark Library a couple did, of times, yes. didn't we? Yeah. Yes, um, yes. No, I, I, I was... At Newark, I uh, based at the Gilstrut to start with, so heavily involved in the move to the new library, which was an incredibly successful move. You know, the, the old library, the other side of a very busy road at the time. People just didn't go there. Children's library, completely separate. And so there's never the transition for kids straight to the, the, the larger library. So bringing everything under one roof in a very modern building highly controversial at the time. We picked up a lot of flack from certain characters around the town, but uh, it proved itself. We quadrupled the issues and uh, uh, the, the membership just rocketed.
0: It, it really is a fantastic library, isn't it? I mean, since I've been uh, living in Newark, obviously I've been a member and, and I, I am in and out of there two or three times a week. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember when it was, but it's it's been redone. It, ha- it well, has. It's been redone it? twice. Yes. Yeah, yes. I, I, I,
2: it is twice, isn't it? Because yeah. the second that's time
1: it was redone, I was like, oh, redoing it again. Yeah, <laughs> it's I'm, lovely. I'm, yeah, well, I mean, the the current refurbishment uh, was done. I wasn't there for that one, but uh, it really is superb because mm. it created what was missing, which is a public meeting room. Mm. Yes, yes, and um, so all sorts of things going in there: classes, meetings. And yes, I've been to
0: one or two. In fact, that's where they launch. Usually, do the launch party for the new book festival. Oh, right, Um, I've been to one, if not two of those there. But pretty much every time I go into the library, there is something going on Mm. in that meeting room. You know, there's a group of people doing something. And then on the other side, there's quite often a group of kids getting together and they're having storytelling and games and all sorts of things.
2: I (laughs) perform there as well. So Robin Hood Theatre did uh, Canterbury Tales. Oh, great. And we did a night in Southwell. Uh, library. And
0: we did a night in
2: uh, Newark that Library, and yeah. it was absolutely packed out. It was brilliant.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I've been to a couple of talks, author talks there, um, and um, oh, I went <coughs> to some event. Come? Oh, um, yes, it was an author talk fairly recently. One of the authors that's been on the show, and my brain has just gone for a moment, but it will come back to me probably while we're listening to the news. But so um, you retired. When, when Thirteen years 13 ago Thirteen years ago. Yeah, um, yes. And I bet you've, you know, you've got nothing to do these days. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Full-time job retirement and you never get a day off. So, absolutely. Uh, no, I think that, that's the important thing. Anybody retiring, make sure you've got plenty to do.
0: Yes, absolutely. Attention. Right, we are heading up to the news right okay. now. We're going to um, take a break, listen to the news. We're going to um, play a bit of music and then we're going to talk some more to Rupert. We're going to find out why you became an allotmenteer, what it involves, how you can become one if you want to, um, and some of the drawbacks and the positives. We're going to look at both sides of of the coin, so to speak, um, in the second hour of the show. That's all to come after, as I say, we have heard from the news and we'll also catch up on the weather very briefly as well. So stay with us. We will be back with you and with Rupert very, very soon. The Elgin's there, and heaven must have sent you. You're listening to The Girls Around Town here on Radio Newark. Second hour of the show, second guest, Rupert Vinicum, is with myself and Rachel this morning to talk about allotments. Now, um, while we were listening to those uh, music tracks, we were talking about when and why Rupert started his um, allotment. I was going to say career but that's not quite <laughs> <laughs> involvement is the right no, word it's isn't it a career involvement, um, yeah. and one really astounding fact came up which i'll mention very quickly before we get him to tell us w- when and why he hasn't bought a potato for 40 years he hasn't needed to have you no <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, we'll find out a little bit more about the kind of things that yes. uh, Rupert makes on his, uh, uh, grows on his allotment, rather, um, in a few moments. But first of all, when and why?
1: Right, my first allotment uh, I, I had in 1971 in Nottingham. Yep. Newly married, two young kids and uh, short of money, so we thought, right, get an allotment. And fairly soon after, we had the good life on the television. guess <laughs> uh, of encouraged course. Encouraged a lot of people to take on allotments and uh, but it, it it has been cyclical you know the, the, it was very full when i started waiting list and within a year or so loads of vacant plots and it's been like that over the years but um uh, so the first allotment was there very different growing conditions to here it was very heavy soil uh here it's very light so different ways of dealing with that
0: and 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 when we say here, you're, you're literally a hop, step and a jump away from us, aren't you? Just Your the other apartment. side of the
1: school, there's mm. uh, one of the plots there. So when I came to Newark, I had one year off to get moved in, this was 1982, uh, and uh, I've had a site a little bit further along, which again, it was full when I started. And within five years, it was empty. There were just a couple of us left, and the the county council closed the site, Quibel. It's just where the road turns out, where the railway crossing is. Um, So I I moved to this one, and this was uh, around about 1988, and I've been there ever since. I had two full plots, and you saw from the photo how large the plots were. And I managed those uh, as well as a a professional job. So it can be done. It can be done. (laughs) Um, locally, I'm involved with the Newark Allotment and Garden Society, have been since I came back to Newark in 82. Um, I'm a committee member, been the committee member for about 20 years. I'm vice chairman as well. Uh, the society always had a, a long-standing arrangement with gills. People will remember gills, the hardware shop in Newark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we used to buy uh, all of our seeds there. Gills closed a number of years ago and... Uh, Some of the stuff moved over to Lizzie's garden centre at Farndon. And through the society, we still get a 10% discount there, which is very helpful for all sorts of things. But you've got to be a member of the society, not just an allotment holder, and there is a difference there. Uh, And it is important, actually, the the membership of the society, because through that, we get insurance.
0: Yes, now, now I'm going to jump in here very, very briefly. A friend of mine who lives in Nottingham, she had... An allotment in nottingham and um just before christmas she posted several times on facebook that um first of all her shed was broken into mm-hmm. then it was badly damaged then it was set alight and mm-hmm. she eventually gave up the allotment um so it is important yeah. to be insured isn't it it,
1: it is that this insurance policy sadly in these, these days of litigation is um really public liability because if somebody goes in yes. and mm. cuts themselves on glass or something mm. on your allotment, you aren't liable, mm. not mm. them for yes. breaking mm. in. So that, but personal insurance, you need to do that on your household yep. for tools and sheds and things. So uh, on the society, uh, it, it's very active, strong. We've got a town councillor attending regularly now because the, uh, the service is provided by the town council. And over the years, we've organised barbecues on the Horton Road site, we've visited local gardens, we've had talks at the AGM just recently, we had a talk on beekeeping. So, lots of things going on there.
2: Can I just ask, how many many allotment sites are there in Newark? Because there's one by, I I know there's one by Sconce Park, it's my stepdaughter had had ones one obviously near Barnby Road School so how
1: many how many different places have we got around Newark that you can get there an
2: allotment are,
1: there are four sites uh, and I was coming on to this actually with the numbers and everything so uh, the, the Barnby Road site Horton Road and St Catherine's that's one site just off Horton Road Bowbridge Road and Fleming Drive so there are four there sites lots of choice oh yes plenty of choice 268 plots
0: and and they are administered by the Town Council. Town Council, yep. yes, they do. And how do you, how, how, if you're interested in, if you're listening
2: to the show today and you're interested in getting an allotment and not growing potatoes, uh, not having to buy potatoes <laughs> for the next
1: 40 years, how do you, how do you sort of apply to get an allotment? Um, that is through the Town Council um, and they maintain uh, on their website uh, a list and th- there's a waiting list, uh, roughly 25 on it at the moment. Um, but th- they do control it very carefully. Um, the, the stuff there they visit uh, and, and just keep an eye on things. And if you don't maintain it, you're given a warning <sighs> and uh, I'm afraid booted <laughs> off.
2: Yeah, so yeah. which is reasonable, isn't it? Because yeah. you'll, be, you'll be being given a resource and it's very reasonable rates as well, isn't it? Oh, it is,
1: yeah. Um, depends where you are. My d- daughter in London has an allotment and it's considerably more expensive. I can imagine. Than this one. <laughs> I can imagine. (laughs) Uh, 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 Guess who's been helping her work it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's something else that we we talked about when uh, we first made contact about this, uh, Rupert, that you've you've passed this on down the line, haven't you? And it's gradually working its way down to the grandchildren. It is,
1: yeah. Uh, Well, their grandchildren in London, they love it. And whenever they're they're here, they they do like to come and help and do a bit of watering, and particularly if it's strawberry time. (laughs) A
0: bit early for the three-month-old one, but she will be joining the clan. Yeah, she will
1: indeed. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, but the thing about allotments is that be under no illusions, You are take if you take one on, it is hard work. Uh, the clearing uh, is hard. You do need to attend regularly. We've got water available to us, but they're water butts. We can't use hose pipes. Um, but, um, it's watering cans. Pest diseases are a problem. Theft has been, but I'll come back to that one. Bonfires? We do need bonfires on the allotment, but um, neighbours don't like them. Uh, the locals don't. So we have to be very sensitive to that. So after six o'clock, or if there's nobody on the plot, then they just have one. But uh, security is now very good. All of the sites are now fenced in the same sort of fencing we've got around the school. And uh, that was the town council bid for that money from the county council. I think it was the Building Better Communities Fund. And mm. uh, So... And we all have now a registered phone to get in. There are electronic gates.
0: I, th- I think I saw that on, yeah. the, on the on the website that yeah. you, you you need a way to get in. Yeah. Um, so that, that's and the
1: other aspect of security is that you've got to leave tools down there. You really need a shed um, or take them with you. But we advise people don't leave anything valuable. <laughs> so.
2: So despite all those challenges, I mean, they, I mean, I do I do a bit of gardening at home. We had a little bit of a chat earlier, Rupert, and I was telling you what an atrocious vegetable grower I am, largely because I'm not diligent enough to be at it regularly, and also my level of an experience. So I, w- when I've planted things and I go out to weed, I've got no idea what's yeah. the veg I've actually planted <laughs> and what's the weeds that are growing <laughs> around it. Yeah. So I end up not pulling anything
1: up, <laughs> and
2: I end up with a beautiful crop of
1: weeds. <laughs> which not, yeah. wants. <laughs> Start with a nice clean area remember where you put things if you go and veg grow them in lines i
2: do that i do that when things grow in between but we'll come back on to that but it's you know i I still enjoy that act of getting out in the garden and i I came back very weary from my four-day ski trip um having landed from the airport and my front drive was an absolute mess so i actually spent the next two hours just clearing up the outside of my garden it's a massive sense of well-being when you get into to doing these kind of
1: Gardening activities aren't they uh, absolutely it's uh, it's therapeutic in many many ways just briefly touch on the history of allotments yes um, indeed yeah, yes um, yes I, I, there are PhDs to be had or read about uh, this so I'm, I'm just going to keep it brief but they can be traced right back to the end of the Civil War and the diggers movement and uh, the, the the fight against the enclosure and privatization of land. Early Poor Law Acts, I'm going back to 1834 was one of the first, and often sites were provided by the church, but there there were all sorts of complex rules, often including attendance at church, (laughs) and some of them actually banned gardening on Sundays. But anyway, we we moved it's on. still
2: banned. It was still banned until recently in Germany on a Sunday. You really, were, you absolutely couldn't have a fire. Yeah. You were not allowed to do any housework. You were not allowed oh, to do anything in the, the garden. <laughs> yeah. And that was, and we were we were in Germany in the seventies. Yeah. You know, it was it was yeah. Kirche day,
1: right? And. um... Some even ex- excluded flower growing because they felt people could grow flowers and sell them to buy drink. <gasps> it's a bit so, frivolous, frivolous uh, as well, absolutely. isn't it, growing flowers? Well, <laughs> I, we, we see this in, in, in Newark. I mean, um, uh, uh, I'll i come back to that one. Uh, there were lots of other um, allotment acts, and in fact, um, even today... Uh, the 1922 Act is quoted in our tenancy agreements where it describes what an allotment is. It's defined in that Act um, as an allotment not exceeding 40 poles or a thousand square metres, uh, which is wholly uh, or mainly cultivated by the occupier for the production of fruit or vegetables for consumption by himself and his family. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And this definition is common. They haven't, they haven't changed it to theirs. Uh, no. <laughs> And now, that, well, now that's a bit naughty, but but they are <laughs> quoting the Act, so you know, it's still there, and it's it's still there. So, um, the two world wars created a massive increase in in, in gardening with digging for victory, and uh, this really was um, a, well, it's a massive campaign as we know, hmm. and there was hardly a public park excluded. Everything was growing veg. So, how do you become an allotment holder? Um, The Town Council, they manage the provision of the sites. I've mentioned the four sites that we've got. Five, if you regard the Horton Road and St Catharines. That that opened about 15 years ago because of pressure. Huge waiting list, and so the Town Council opened, uh, extended the uh, Horton Road site. So, currently, 268 plots, 198 tenants. Some have more than one. Uh, 48 have two And six have three. Mm -hmm. So that's going a bit. How
2: did you get to have three? What's what's the qualification?
1: Uh, I think it's called masochism.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Masochism and a lot of time on your hands. Well, I I managed
1: two for the whole time I was at work. I only gave up the second one recently, mainly because I was growing so much. I was feeding the street. (laughs) and It's just pointless. And uh, so I reduced to one, moved all the fruit over to one side and new asparagus bed and so on. So, a full-size plot is around 335 square metres, which is quite big. Yeah. Uh, But the town council have um, reduced this by splitting them. Because many people, they take on a big one, they just cannot manage it. So, they split them even up to three on one one plot now. And that is working. It means people have got a more manageable size. And nowadays, the town council actually charge what they call a £20 bond. So, that... um, if you don't keep it in good order and uh, after warnings and letters they keep the bond so it is just just an encouragement so details the uh, are on the website for vacancies karen Helliwell, james radley and the councillor is jay henderson so that they're, they're all involved and they do care and it it, it fits in newark in bloom as well horton road site course, is yes. checked as part mm. of newark in bloom
2: and mm. do you if you if you sort of want him to get started um well maybe we'll talk about that you know a, uh, a bit later but right. you know i've said i'm a really bad gardener right. i want to get much more experience in it but you know interested to know how you kind of get started and where you get your sources of information okay so we
0: will take a break mm. first we'll take a breath yeah. we'll have a piece of music and then we will find out how yeah. everybody out there and, and me and rachel <laughs> can get right. started we'll also find out what in addition to potatoes rupert grows on yeah. his um allotment smoky robinson there and tears of the clown you're listening to the girls around town here on radio now um before we stopped for that one we said that we would talk to rupert a little bit more about um what he grows um in addition to he obviously grows a lot of spuds um (laughs) but there are certain certain things he was saying to rachel earlier that um it's not practical to grow not because they're difficult Mm -hmm. or whatever but because they they all grow at the same time so but tell us the kind of things that you grow Mm. rupert
1: well and just in order to get started then uh, you've got to assume that you're not going to get a previously cultivated plot soil condition is vital for whatever you grow so you have to follow some basic rules simple rotation have a section for permanent uh, crops like rhubarb fruit and asparagus uh, and a seedbed so uh tools get some good tools there's no such thing as a cheap tool ideally stainless steel tools spade and fork that it really pays you know if you only buy them once and don't leave them they might get pinched but um sort of moving on you've got to feed your soil properly so you, um fertilizer are important uh, and depending how you feel about organic or otherwise lime chicken pellets grow more uh, these are things which you can buy locally c- quite easily. But you apply them direct to the, cr- to the plants rather than spread widely.
2: Can I ask you about um, compost? Yeah. So um, we produce a lot of food waste, uh, vegetable, because we're vegan. So we have a lot of vegetable bits. So we have a compost heap. And somebody told me that I can actually take my compost, you know, veg waste, put it on my beds and then actually put seed directly into it. Apparently it's called lasagna or spaghetti, spaghetti vegetable growing. Have you come across this? No, I haven't. To yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: honestly. So, now, so yeah, it's
2: a lovely, lovely lady called uh, called Hazel who told me you can actually put your yeah. your waste compost, <coughs> gross, put, put plant straight into it, and that's all you have to do. And I thought, well, right. that sounds easy. I haven't tried it yet. Yeah,
1: no, <laughs> in your garden at home, have a compost bin and put it in that, and yeah. then you get fully rotted compost because mm. that has still got through the to go through the process of rotting. Yeah. So you're going to encourage different sort of pests and uh, depending what you put out there I, I i would advise not doing that i would advise composting composting and then putting the compost on afterwards mm. we have manure deliveries We've Got a local pet farmer who will deliver huge loads so you may have to share is this horse manure no it's cow uh, so, but uh, we have been assured that uh, they're not, not fed antibiotics we, we do check these things yeah but no some some people have got access to stables and uh, we do see horse manure on there so dig that in and have a plan because if you're having sort of a rotation you you compost or manure for certain crops that are heavy feeders potatoes, beans, that sort of thing are heavy feeders, root crops you don't compost for they're grown the season afterwards the golden rule is don't grow things in the same place two years running, particularly potatoes, because you just build up all sorts of problems
0: what
2: about those sacks are they
1: quite good for potatoes i've seen people use those uh, i've not done it myself because i've got uh, uh, it nicely sort of planned out on the allotment as part of the rotation and the cycle but no they are really quite successful and you can grow those at home so you don't need an allotment to do that Mm. you have a sack you put your tea potato in i think you then put more compost in it gradually fills up and you get a lot of potatoes from one day
2: what i have had because i have actually managed to grow potatoes because they're quite easy to grow aren't they um is that i've pulled all my potatoes out and then actually a couple of years later i've got <laughs> potatoes emerging from the
1: spot yeah. unintended yeah. because you didn't clear them out that you really need to dig them out very carefully mm. you don't leave them in because it does bring on disease mm. so sort out your plan decide well decide what you want to grow what do you like to eat this is the thing uh, you don't grow stuff you don't like to eat because you're going to get a fair bit of it if, if you're more than lucky do we have to test our soil first Um, People do. um, The only time I've struggled with with, uh, testing, I tested it and it was neutral. So I thought, that's fine, I'm just going to leave it and carry on. I tried to grow blueberries and I hadn't realised that you'd need acidic soil. Right. And they failed totally. So round Newark, generally, are we neutral? I I think we are. Um, There are... Some of the allotments have got heavier soil, but certainly on the lighter soil that we've got here, very free draining. Um, it, it, it certainly doesn't seem to be neutral. Mm. So buy your seeds, you get 10% discount. Don't forget to Hardy's if you remember. Uh, and it's not just, uh, you know, it's your peas, beans, onions, the whole lot. And canes, tools, everything you can get 10% on. Well worth the read the instructions on the packet, it's perfectly clear. I uh, read them, I just ignore them. No. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't. And the other thing is, grow for succession. In other words, little and often. Because if you get an allotment going and it's doing well, you will end up with far too much. So, some things like lettuces, just a few each month, and you'll get them growing right the way through the season. I have three sowings of beetroot, and they last right the way through. The final sowing, we use and um, we put it in vinegar pickle it
2: do you manage this by a diary because this is where i this is where i fail i have a bit of a i have a bit of a burst and i've i love having sort of planted 40 cauliflowers one year and not clocked that i would get 40 cauliflowers (gasps) maturing on the same day day. yeah um there was a lot of wind in the house that year um but so so you know this bit you're saying about you know doing three three plantings yeah Um, I don't think I would be able to operate this without having a spreadsheet or putting it in
1: an Outlook calendar. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago in the Telegraph, there was a complete gardening calendar set out. All All of the books have got them. Mm. Loads of them online, so that's the thing to do. Herbs, very useful. Um, I grow parsley, sage. Somebody's got a bay tree, so we can get plenty of bay leaves. Uh, Only a basic selection. You'd better to grow your, your herbs at home, then they're handy for you when you need them. But something like parsley, I grow a row of parsley. It freezes beautifully. Mm. So you get out of the freezer when you need it. Mm. Permanent crops: Um rhubarb looks after itself mainly. Asparagus, incredibly rewarding crop. <gasps> I've got a, a row. We can get up to forty to fifty bunches, <gasps> and this is over a six-week growing period. And so, once you've got your bed in. Uh, <laughs> Not difficult to do. You, you buy uh, asparagus crowns, they're called, and you plant them, space them, and up come the little shoots. And for six weeks, you have to go virtually every day to pick them.
0: One of my favourite vegetables, yeah. actually. I do love asparagus, well, I do too. So do
1: we, but uh, when you've had s- asparagus for six weeks nearly every day, <laughs> uh, they, it ends up being turned into soup. Oh, I love asparagus why not? soup. It's yes, yes. another way of dealing with gluts. Yeah, we have soup uh, and we then we're having asparagus all year round.
2: I did a lovely
1: asparagus,
2: leek and pea risotto the other day. Lovely. That was lovely.
1: Right, fruit. Uh, that's the other thing. um plenty of opportunity. The soil here loves uh, things like red currants, black currants, strawberries, raspberries, gooseberries, uh, blackberries. um All of those grow. We, we have masses of them. Either give them away... Wife turns them into um, jams or jellies. That's a lovely story. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had a phone call from my grandson in London who's seven, saying, "Grandma, Grandma, we've got an emergency Yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're thinking, what's going on?" He said, "We've run out of strawberry jam." <laughs>
0: I bet Granny had some, though, didn't
1: she? Oh, yeah, Ready? We, we, well, yes. we can't eat everything because we get <laughs> masses of strawberries. They turn into jam and the family love it. But uh, it, it does require netting over, um, uh, maintenance, pruning and weeding and so on. Uh, if you don't net over it, the pigeons will clear the lot.
2: So I see a huge variety of um, how people look after their gardens, their veg gardens. Some have got or virtually encased yeah. in sort of... Two meters or a meter and a half high and then they have netting all around it others have got uh pop bottles over the top
1: what what's Uh, the what do you need to do to protect your crops really all sorts of things um certainly with fruit if you don't put uh, your netting over it the minute it turns red they're they're gone Mm -hmm. you've really got to do that um but certainly for all of the crops you do have to, to have preventative measures so, specific crops, if we just talk about peas and beans, very easy to grow, very productive. Uh, most of them freeze beautifully. Recent years, I've been growing borlotti beans, which are lovely, lovely crop. Uh, I, I let them dry on the plant, and we store them, they'll keep for years, mm-hmm. in kilner jars, rehydrate, and then put in soups or whatever, have on salads. Um something new this year I try to go something different each year and because the, can- the borlotti beans were so prolific last year we can't eat them all so <laughs> I, I'm, we're not growing them this coming year we're growing cannellini beans and I had to go online to get the seeds and the, the ordinary catalogues don't seem to carry them so that's what I try to do and also um, with the, the beans runners and French beans in particular and peas you can save your own seed and by doing that You pick them when they're dry, and you store them. You know you've got fresh seed. I've done this for years now. And um, the the runner beans, I I actually tested them the other year. The ones that I grew from my seed were much faster growing than the ones I bought in the packet. They could be two or three years old in the packet. Mm.
2: And and presumably, of course, one of the real benefits is that
1: uh, I'm presuming you don't use pesticides and
2: nasty chemicals on your vegetables. So... You're ending up with a a true organic
1: crop, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, you can be. I, I I am sensible when it comes to gardening. I want to get as much as I can. I get as close to organic as as, is reasonable, because if you go totally organic, the chances are that you're not going to get huge crops. And I'd rather get the crops and uh, be reasonably what I put on. You can't buy stuff nowadays; it's Mm. been taken off the market, I'm afraid. So. but uh, just just moving on, potatoes, we've we talked about potatoes. I grow numerous varieties. First earlies, great favourite. Second earlies, the main crops. I grow three different main crops. Uh, Picasso, lovely flavour, and they make great big jacket potatoes. Oh. Um, Cara, lovely for boiling. Desiree, best all-rounders. We still have a chip pan, so <laughs> we're allowed chips once a week. <laughs> So, uh, but the the ones we were talking about earlier, the pink fur apple. Uh, Which looked really weird. They, they are, they, they they look like artichokes. Yes. They're very odd shaped, but the, the, they're a very waxy potato, they're a salad potato. We boil, we scrub them, boil them with skins on, chill them, peel the skins off, microwave, eat. They are beautiful. For uh, somebody starting off, ask your neighbours what potato varieties they're growing. There are hundreds of varieties, but find out what people have tested and, and grow for you. And, and,
0: and maybe ask um, neighbours and friends what kind of things they'd like if you had a glutton. <laughs> <laughs> Get yourself somebody to, to pass yeah, them on to. Usually
1: people will take whatever you grow. It's usually things like runner beans, and most people would handle a bag of runner beans. Um, onions, garlic shallots... Um, uh, easy to grow, and um, uh, onions for a beginner onion sets they're little baby onions that uh, are grown the previous year. You plant them, and then they grow into full size onions. Uh, garlic, simple to grow, plant the, the cloves in autumn and the shallots, where you saw the shallots on the photo. That,
2: uh, I've managed onions fine. The, yeah. the, the thing I've also had experience with is carrots, where they actually grow absolutely fine. Then when I pull them out, some nice yeah. little creature That's it. Has, <coughs> has eaten them and enjoyed yeah.
1: them before I've had chance. What's that about? It's, uh, carrots are particularly vulnerable to carrot fly. And what you have to do, and the only way you can grow carrots around here, because the light soil in particular, you put fleece. You've seen the agricultural fleece in the fields. You can mm-hmm. buy it from Hardee's. Um, and you put you put wire hoops, fleece over, and it stops the carrot fly attacking them. Because um, that, that it, it can ruin a crop. So it's not actually a worm coming no, from no. under the soil. It's coming down. It, it's a fly that goes at fairly low level, but it comes along... Spots of carrot smells it. <laughs> uh, oh no, if you're thinning carrots, then um, they can smell them and they come in. And there, there are two or three sort of uh, cycles of these things over there. You, you've got to cover them. The Apparently there are some things you can plant that
2: put yes. the flies off the scent.
1: Yeah, marigolds. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's called companion planting. you put yeah. marigolds beside and it, it, it does... It they do work, but I prefer the fleece. I love that idea. Well,
0: <laughs> yeah. well there you go, Rachel. You've learnt something oh, new. You need to yeah. get a fleece to keep the flies out. <laughs> we are going to have one more piece of music and then we will carry on. This is getting, um, well, some of it's getting a bit weird. Yeah, um, Fleeces like on your garden. But it is extremely interesting. <laughs> yeah. We're learning all sorts of things about allotments. This one coming up is from Alanis Marisette. Alanis Morris, Morissette there and hands in my pocket. Right, Rupert, where were we? What were we, were we on
1: to next? So I'll quickly touch on greenhouses. Uh, they have appeared on allotments. We cannot put glass on now, health and safety. Um, well worth doing for tomatoes, cucumbers, chilies, aubergines. All these things can be grown very simply. And also tunnels, polytunnels, a lot of polytunnels appearing. And uh, certainly on our plot, people are growing crops for a longer seasons in those and we've even got people growing grapes they have vines oh. so uh, the other thing i'll to touch on pests, diseases and problems um whatever we grow something else will be after it <laughs> always in competition so our worst pest pigeons we have to net over all brassicas and peas birds will go for the fruit strawberries you just have to cover them we have a a rabbit problem developing again over the years, We've they've come and they've gone um, black fly white fly, fine mesh netting to put over them is absolutely essential slugs, caterpillars we've talked about, carrot fly and then the, the diseases blight that hits the uh, tomatoes and potatoes and this is why you've got to be very careful not grow in the same place and, and watch out for the s- sort of seasons damp warm weather brings in potato blight
2: Presumably one of the benefits of being on an allotment and where you've got an allotment association is that actually you've got lots of people around you who can give you advice Oh
1: yes absolutely and uh, we're we're more than pleased we want people to succeed come and ask us Mm. there are very experienced gardeners around and we're more than happy to to help out Storage and gluts Um, (laughs) whatever you do on the allotment you will end up at times with too many crops find a way of dealing with it fruit freezes um, uh, every Christmas we have frozen strawberries going into our trifles yeah it, it 's very easy to do jam making my wife makes red currant jelly black currant jam and jelly strawberry jam raspberry jam we freeze apples um, puddings uh, and even uh, we freeze apples with sage ready to have with pork dishes so and then uh, the freezer itself for peas and beans it's dead easy blanching you just bring them to the boil for a minute chill them and freeze them it's very easy to do and that's the way to deal with it so um the environment that's interesting actually i I looked out of my window this morning and my lawn needs cutting and what, what are we, 25th of December? Mine's the same. It's, it's very lush, but very wet.
0: We're in 26th of January, yes. Mm-hmm. Something
1: is, is changing, mm. without a doubt. I see this in the type of crops that I grow. Um, the seasons are very different. We're now having uh, warm, dry springs, wettish summers, although last year we had the very hot, dry summer, far wetter weather, mm. windier weather. It is changing, without a doubt. But um, when it comes to the environment, the whole point of allotments, they're about recycling, they're composting, low food miles, um, we can garden o- organically if we wish, we avoid using weed killers, most of them are taken off the market anyway, we don't use sprays, so there are plenty of organic alternatives if you want to go that way, and you know what you're eating, you're eating seasonally and the quality is so much better. Mm-hmm. The example I always give, you buy a heady broccoli in any of the supermarkets, perfectly clean. You grow them here, they're full of caterpillars. No matter what you do, every time I've grown them, we virtually can't eat them because they're so full of caterpillars. What are they putting on them in market gardens and on the farms? I don't know, but it is a worry. (laughs) A lot of people have got livestock, um, usually chickens, uh, they are very demanding in terms of time, they, uh, twice daily visits are recommended, beekeeping as well, um, they are permitted but uh, people have to have town council permission and they have to be members of the British Beekeeping Association and they have to be insured
2: we have bees we're not insured but they're in our chimney pots so i think we're all right <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
0: Oh dear. Right. Uh, yeah. right we we are rapidly running out of time yeah. here we're going to have another piece of music and then we are going up to the news before we hand over to phil phil johnson for his sunday lunchtime show um we're gonna hop on to um a bit of a trampoline next and then we will finish up with uh last bits of um, contact information, etc., from Rupert. Before we go, so alive, so alive. trampoline there. Uh, very, very quick finish on that one. And talking about quick finishes, we have literally three minutes left before we hand the show, uh, the the microphone over to Phil for his show. So, Rupert, very, very quickly, the general benefits of
1: having. an allotment and then a few contact details okay um it is a social pastime if you want it you go down there are always somebody to chat to i see that doctors are actually giving social prescriptions advising gardening now so therapeutic gardening is very important thing i've known a number of gardeners carry on into their 90s still gardening every day Uh, a number of the uh, have lost their wives and the the social network is there to support them it's been uh, really good for them
2: and it's physical activity isn't it you know it gets your heart rate up you're out in the fresh
1: air yeah and it's the fitness benefits are obvious regular exercise and high quality food so um it's also great for children if you can encourage children and then they realize that a veg doesn't come in a pre-packed thing from morrison's or or potatoes don't grow on
0: trees exactly you mentioned yes
1: so um and you can grow the right sort of crops that grow quickly that will um, children will love and they particularly love fruit
0: (laughs) right very very quickly now talking about quickly let's have some main contact details
1: the national allotment society superb site loads of information the royal horticultural society Newark town council um, you're not going to get away with that with mentioning books. Um, John Harrison, The Essential Allotment Guide. Uh, John Harrison, again, How to Store Homegrown Produce. Some of the best are actually by a character called Dr. Hesseon, and the vegetable and herb expert. There's a whole series of these. Now, sadly, he died a couple of years ago, and they've all gone out of print. <laughs> They're still relevant. eBay have got them for a few pence try them.
2: So lots of books, lots of materials. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I think I think you need to um talk to Sarah about having a yes. an allotment element Why to not? the or a foodie growing ele-
1: element to the book festival. And to mention libraries again, BBC Gardeners World magazine, Amateur Gardening and Kitchen Garden are available free through the library inspire website. You just need to be a member.
0: Fantastic. Well, we have literally run out of time and I think we could probably keep talking for a long, long time. We might have to invite Rupert back and perhaps we might convince him to bring us a uh, a jar of jam. (laughs) 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 We can help you with your gluts, Rupert. You know, we're always willing to help. Thank you very much indeed for joining us this morning. It's been great to see you after such a long time. And I'm sure Rachel's picked up a number of really useful um, hints and tips. We will... um, as I say, hand over in just over a minute to Phil. Um, I'm back next week with Rosalind, and also we are joined by two old friends. Sue Jackson and Tina Betterson are coming back in. It's been two and a quarter years since they left Girls Around Town, so they're coming back to catch us up with what they've been up to. And food... is part of that as well because Sue's just started a cookery school so we're back on the food thing um that's all to come next Sunday as I say with myself and Rosalyn Rachel will be back fairly soon after that I can't remember off the top of my head exactly when but she will be back in the not too distant future stay tuned Phil is joining us any minute now or certainly after the news enjoy the rest of your weekend and don't forget to come back next weekend for myself and Rosalyn
1: Online, on FM, and up to date on social media. We are Radio Newark.